just when you thought there was no hope. There was no way your life can improve with rooting for an 0-5 football team. Snacks, our master plan of making Bleeding Blue relevant during the regular season is unfolding beautifully. The Giants suck, so us talking about winning will be the reason you get through the day and this week. Snacks is going to be reading his letter he will send to John Mara, and we will be talking about our previous wins and victories and fun moments against the Washington Football Club, which we play this Sunday. So without further ado, after a bit of a hiatus, let's bleed blue. Really? How'd you like that intro? Was that a good intro? That get you pumped? That get you ready? I mean, I've been smiling ear to ear. The fact that we're 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 back we're back in the studio. Well, you know, whatever whatever studio we're in, <laughs> whatever whatever the however you define that. <laughs> yeah, however you define that. Yeah, but but baby, we're back. We're fucking we're back. back. Oh. Whoa, whoa! There you go. Sorry. Two minutes. Sorry. In. Well, so, yeah, sorry. now we're, de- we're definitely back now. Yeah, we're definitely back. Hey, this is the Saint Saint talking Giants. This is bleeding blue. We can uh, no. This is this is bleeding we, blue, and I promise, I I will curse because first of all, I'm angry. Second of all, I'm happy. Oh I'm happy. I'm in between. You know what I mean? You ever get that in between? I know what like you mean. you angry, you happy. So, I'm right in between, and I think it's a perfect mix for tonight. It's funny how I started off um, Wednesday morning with a tweet. The Giants have a 17% chance to get the number one pick in the draft. And then the afternoon comes rolling around. The Giants have the eighth easiest schedule and are only a game and a half behind in the NFC East. So if that's not the definition of bipolar, I don't know what it is. Yeah, you're uh, you're a scumbag for that, like an actual scumbag. Sorry. I don't know how else you want me to, to describe you. Um, you know, you know, everybody knows we're, we're good friends, whatnot, but... Do you understand how much that pissed me off? Would it have been more acceptable if I just tweeted out one of the things, but both of the things made me a scumbag? Or just the fact that I tweeted out that we have the eighth easiest schedule makes me a scumbag by itself? Everything would have made you a scumbag, Justin. Anything and everything. So even if I didn't say anything. Correct. But the fact, the fact, hold on. You know what? I want to pull it up real quick just so I could see it. I want to word, I want to read word for word what you your dumb ass said because I know it was a I know it was a subliminal shot at me. I know it. 50% of the things that I tweet are subliminal shots at you. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I figured it out. Don't worry. I ain't no fucking idiot. But so here and I quote from at Justin Penick. If you are one of those crazy people who still think the Giants can make the playoffs because they are one and a half games out of first place, I have great news. 
according to DVOA, the Giants had the eighth, whatever DVOA is. I don't even want to ask what that You've is. You've been reading my the talking Giants analytics had, blogs for weeks and my deep dives all summer, and you don't know what DVOA tough, is. I was just trying to act tough. Don't worry. Oh, I know exactly okay. what it is. Relax. The Giants had the eighth most difficult schedule so far. For the remainder of the year, they had the eighth easiest. Do you understand yesterday what I texted you? The first thing I texted you yesterday. Do well, one of the things remember- that you texted me was, do I ask you for anything? That was today. I'm talking about yesterday when I actually physically texted you. I'm going to pull that text up too. Hold on. Okay. So yesterday, I read this tweet and then I think about it. I think about what I texted you yesterday. And what I said was, Philly plays Baltimore and Dallas plays Arizona. And then I gave you the hands up emoji like, hey, you never know. You were shrugging your shoulders. Shrugging my shoulders like, hello, hello, the shit's not dead yet. You never answered because you're a scumbag. And then, no, I did answer. I said, I don't want to hear it. After I texted you, I, I did a duplicate. Te- I don't do duplicate text to anybody, not even women. Well, some women, but not all. You're not a woman last time I checked. I'm not a woman. Listen. Snacks, we have a lot to do. All right, let's just, let's get on with this. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm already bothered by you. We, we no, have a lot know, to do. What we're apologizing for this week is the fact that we've been gone. Yes. This podcast is still a work. It's a work in progress, and we appreciate for, every, for a, ton, a lot of people, a lot of people asking where we've been, what are we doing? And that it's actually nice to it, it is. It's yeah. yeah, it's nice to see that a pod, a Giants podcast. We're probably the Giants podcast that takes themselves the least serious because we are the least serious Giants podcast because we don't talk about the 2020 Giants. No, we talk about our the happy primary. Times. Yeah, we talk about the happy times. So it's nice to see that there's a lot of people invested and that they've missed us. So snacks, what is going to be the main segment of? today's show it's it's kind of related to the 2020 giants it's kind of related to the giants right now but it's also just talking about things from a big picture macro perspective and i'd like to give you your your proper avenue and your proper um venting place vent your frustrations you, you know i don't get it right so um in front of me i'm looking on my computer screen and i have a four page letter written to john mara single space uh, double space um, it's 1.5 space. Jesus. God. So I guess like three and a half. Um, I have to give a shout out. Listen, I, I used, I used our friend Will a lot. He, um, he's had some great tweets, gave some great suggestions, whatnot. So I have to give him a lot of credit. Uh, he helped me put, put some, some really great sentences together that really hammer the, hammer the point home. You're um, telling me this- you use none of my stats. Yeah, maybe. I don't wow, know. They, they, really might, they might be in the, they might be in there somewhere, Justin. They might be in there somewhere. This is an evisceration of John Mara and and what the New York Giants are. Um, it's unlike any other letter that I've ever written because most of them I've written dozens. I've gotten one responded to this and this one is well articulated. There's um I think the only bad word in it is ass, which is said on the radio waves, so I don't think it's that bad. You also um, could be referring to a donkey's butt, not necessarily an ass, which... Theoretically, yes, if you look it up in the dictionary, yes, that's exactly what it could be. 
Um, but that's where I'm at. So I have this letter in front of me and I have never, you're the only person that's ever read my letters. The only person you edit them and then I send them. So I figured it would be a great return episode to give our loyal listeners the chance to, uh, to hear what I have to say because I'm a sick, sadistic human being. So should I start reading it? Start reading it. Okay. Let me have a glass of a drink of water. Okay. I have not seen this. I've not seen this, by the way. You have not seen it, so pay attention. I'll uh, I'll read slow. Well, not that slow, because we have a we have other things to talk about. All right. Dear John, me again. And just like my previous letters, I will no longer be calling you Mr. Mara because I do not believe I should show you that respect given the current state of the franchise. Luckily for you, I have many solutions for you to put in motion, which I will elaborately spell out for you in incredible detail. Before we begin, I want you to know that I am disgusted and I will no longer stand for this incompetency. Let's begin. Number one. First, I'll start off nicely, because nothing else will be nice. I want to compliment you for hiring Joe Judge. He is someone I believe will put this team in position moving forward. His demeanor and his approach to the game of football is something this team has needed for quite some time. His attention to detail and his accountability proves that he's the right man moving forward. Number two. Now let's get to the real stuff, why don't we? I want to take a time machine to when you fired Jerry Reese, in quotations, and Ben McAdoo. When the state of the franchise was a complete and utter dumpster fire. I remember your words clearly. In quotes, we need wholesale changes. That was music to our ears as Giants fans, because contrary to what you may believe, we aren't stupid. A lot of us are intelligent enough to know that, in quotes, wholesale changes is exactly, all caps, what this franchise needed. So, what did ownership decide to do to make these, in quotes, wholesale changes? You guys decided to hire someone that was just run out of town in Carolina because he has been in the organization before. Because you have, in quotes, seen him do it before. What exactly have you seen him do? Scout some players that Jerry Reese drafted? Parentheses, not many good ones. Did he draft the nucleus of that Panthers championship run? No, he didn't. Oh, wait. He was a scout for the Bills in the 80s when they made it to a bunch of Super Bowls. Sick resume. But all of that isn't even what bothers us most. It's the fact you half-assed a general manager search. You interviewed two in-house candidates that have been a part of the atrocity for years. The only two out-of-the-building guys you interviewed were Lewis Riddick and Dave Gettleman. The latter, of course, spent a decade in the organization. So I find it insulting to my intelligence that I even said he is an out-of-the-house candidate. Had he conducted himself in a professional manner in his last position, he wouldn't have been available at the end of 2017. By the way, for the record, Gettleman was 51-28-1 when he was fired in Carolina for the deficient character he displayed. He'd have to go 42-0-1 to get to that same mark in New York. Think about that, Justin. Number three. Can I go over a few things this genius general manager of ours has decided to do over his tenure? Things that you signed off on, John. Good. Thank you, because I'm about to do just that. A. 
Coming off a 3-13 year with a roster with more holes than a graveyard and an aging QB in decline, parentheses, I love Eli Manning more than my family and I love him a lot more than I love you. This is not an indictment on him. You held the number two overall pick in the 2018 draft. You allowed this man to draft a player, in parentheses, who is a phenomenal and terrific young man, and not even pick up the damn phone to trade back and acquire picks to fill out holes on this team that we desperately needed. Fireable offense, number one. Letter B. You allowed him to think, in parentheses, or did you make him do all this? He could build this thing on the fly. Putting band-aids on bullet wounds, you let him trade a valuable draft pick for an over-the-hill, highly expensive, and highly unproductive linebacker in Alec Ogletree. He was one of the worst football players I've ever seen in my time of being a Giants fan. Another band-aid on a bullet wound. You allowed him to make a 30-year-old, average at best, left tackle, the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history. Two wildly expensive, aging, declining players for a team that, in full caps lock, needed a full rebuild. Fireable offense number two. Letter C. I'm going to skip over a lot of the other crap you allowed him to do and get away with to go to get to one of the most egregious moves in NFL history. You let this man trade a third and a fifth round pick when we were 1-6 to the New York Jets for an impending unrestricted free agent because he, in quotes, wanted to get a better look at him. All caps. Are you kidding me? 16 exclamation points. This meant getting a better look in a system that was about to be replaced when the defensive coordinator who was doomed from day one with deficient personnel would be fired at the end of the year. Letter D. The only strength of our team at the time was that we had some young and productive defensive tackles. So, hey, why not get another one for more draft capital, right? Fire offense number three, in parentheses, but actually number 560. Letter E. I am done going over all the atrocious moves that had had lasting ramifications on this team. I want to say this part that annoys the ever-living crap out of me. This man is never held accountable. He is never available to speak to the media. He never owns up to his mistakes. He mocks the modern-day NFL approach. For all his faults, at least Jerry Reese spoke to the media every week, every year during the bye week. Us fans deserve answers from the man that has run our beloved team into the fucking dirt. I added the fucking, sorry. It's not in the letter. But we never get those answers because he hides behind the coaches. That falls on you, John, for not making sure he holds himself accountable. That falls on, in capital, you. Next paragraph. We want this man out of the Giants organization once and for all. The poison that he has infested this franchise with is going to have crippling effects for years to come. We are the laughing stock of the NFL. In three years, this man hasn't, this man doesn't even have double-digit wins combined. We, we, but we are supposed to, in quotes, trust the resume, right? That's all we have heard from him. For the fans to trust his overrated, useless resume. We demand real wholesale changes this time, John. Don't you dare go into the next general manager's search and hire someone from within. The toxicity needs to be cleared. Everyone in that front office is responsible for the sins of the last decade. Get them out now. Hire a bright, young, analytical general manager that is going to understand the concept of positional value, how to work the salary cap, and the importance of draft capital. We are sick and tired of this bullshit, and we invest too much time and the money for this team. You guys couldn't even give us a halfway decent stadium after $1 billion you spent. 
In February 2019, in what ultimately looks like justification for cutting ties with OBJ and Landon Collins, Dave Gettleman told reporters, and I quote, You gotta eliminate distractions. There used to be a thing I used to call, pardon my French, the asshole quoting. The bigger asshole you are, the better player you have to be. Plain and simple. <laughs> I see no reason why the same asshole quoting he defined should not apply to the general manager position as well. This this next line is in all, all caps. Enough is enough. Get this man out now and hand the reins to judge. Let him choose who he wants to work with as GM because he is our only saving grace. Kevin Abrams and your brother Chris deserve credit for their successes. But after you failed to deliver the changes you promised last time, you owe it to fans to give us new blood. We fans, we fans aren't privy to the details of how decisions are made. We've seen enough to know those two were both complicit in excusable blunders of direction, neglection of assets, and we are imploring you to select a candidate outside the organization because we cannot stand for the same old shit more and more. End quote. The Giants' way is dead. It is 2020. It is time to adapt to get our beloved team back to where we should be, a feared and respected National Football League organization. Sincerely, my name. Wow. There were some big words in there. Yep. Again, shout out Will. He he really he gave me a lot of motivation. So um that's what I have to say. And that is being sent to John Mara tomorrow morning. Right. Sure. Not even not even forwarding to me to edit, huh? Oh no, I'm gonna forward to you. You have to, because there's a lot of okay. a, as you can tell, I stutter a little bit. There's a lot of grammatical errors, so you that's, have to edit. That's it. all right. That's all right. I'll, and I'll you can you, please, grammarly. please do me a favor and throw some stuff in there too that you need to see. I know you said stats and whatnot, so please throw them in. No, I I thought I thought that was beautiful. Thought it was beautifully written, beautifully said. Did I hit? Did I hit every chord? Yeah, my my only worry, snacks. Tell me. And you're you're gonna kill me. We're seeing Adam Gase, what's happening with Adam Gase once he gets in the ear of the owner. We saw what happened when Bill O'Brien, who was a young head coach, promising head coach at one point, what happened when he got in the ear of the owner and when he got more and more control. I'm worried about what's going to happen to Joe Judge. If John Mara is going to do this search correctly, and if we really want him to go out and get an outsider and do this search correctly this time and not filter it based off of, oh, we'll hire you, but are you going to keep Eli Manning? Question number one. And if your answer is yes, then you can have the job and you can move on to the next round. If you say no, well, then no thanks. We'll see you next time. No. And that's my only worry. Are no. you going to keep Jones? No. Are you, you going to keep Judge? You have to keep Judge. Well, then once again, you're tainting who well, could see, possibly see, see, this be available. Is why, this is why you needed to fire the man last year. Correct. Correct. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But and I also think I also think I also think to this day, to this day, like it's it's been so long. I think Judge has a lot of a lot of say power there. I really think it's his team, and I think well, we, he's, well, we really he's, don't he's know. in the ear. Bring Cesario in. Bring somebody in. You know, I know exactly what you're saying with Gase, and he picked Douglas, and Douglas is about to fire him. So it's a very sticky situation. I get it. 
But Judge ain't no slob, man. No, I'm not. I'm not going into that. No, I'm not doing it. Nope. No, and it's also this isn't a 2020 Giants show, which I. It's not. It's not. But we have to spend a minute because I just sent the letter. So. No, but that was that was great. I, I want I want this to be anytime you submit a letter, which sometimes it could be. Well, be sometimes it could be more than twice a year that you can that you may feel called to send a letter. So I want you to read it every time that you write a letter. Yep, and this is the platform I'm going to do it because I feel bad that the people listening and ask what the letter's about never get a chance to actually read it except for you. So um, next time I write a letter, it could very well be after Sunday if they lose. So you I could also here. publish this on the Bleeding Blue website that you know that hasn't been very active. Mm, but you, if you want, you can you can publish this on there and we can administer it. It's not a bad idea. I think my last sentence is going to be, um, I fully understand that I'm banned from the stadium and this nope, may don't further say my, that. this may further my ban, but fuck you. Nope. I, I wouldn't add that. All right, fine. I won't add it. I wouldn't right, add I'll, that. I'll send this over to you. You want to get into some, uh, some Redskins Giants history? Yeah. Um, not called that anymore, but sure. No, <laughs> Washington football team. No, I no call him. I call him the Washington Football Club because then it makes him sound like a pansy soccer organization. <laughs> okay, I like that. Yeah, I've always called him the football. I, it's it's strange. It's funny because when I came on to talk in Giants, some of the more let's say hard nose, older crowd did not like my conscious decision that I did not want to say the original mascot of the Washington football club. Why are you being so politically correct? We got some DMS on the talking giants account. So in a way I was, I was very progressive and I was ahead of the times. I was ahead of the time by mm. a few months when I made that conscious ethical decision. So fuck you. If you don't like it, uh, that's sorry, my man. Very strong. That's very my strong. man. That's what I love. Fuck you. Criticizing my political yeah, correctness. Say it that again. isn't, that isn't political correctness, by the way. Okay. Um, <laughs> Snacks this letter to John Mayer. We we have on our show show seat sheet three to five minutes. Went a little over that. Um, yeah, I'm, so, I'm sorry about that. I it, no, when I sent when I sent apologize. the show sheet, I sent the show sheet yesterday. The the letter was two pages, and then I wrote two more. So so then guess what? We're just gonna have to go rapido rapido. That's on, fine. Let's do it on the on these games. So which snacks you chose? You chose one, two, three, four games. Yes. Which we previously played against Washington Football Club. Now we want to preface that you know again, Bleeding Blue is a work in progress. So what we will do, we don't you know we don't really know if this is going to be a regular season show. We don't really know you know what what exactly this is going to be in for years to come. It's definitely going to be an off season show. But for what sure. we're going to do probably for the remainder of the season, Snacks is going to pick the games that it, are that are significant against the teams that we are playing that week in real time, and they're going to be post late 90s early 2000s because that's when you were a fan and that's what you can recall the best so i'm sorry if you're a fan of you know this is a giants history podcast we we promise to provide our giants commentary of 90s 80s and even before that we we will promise and we get to it but snacks we have four games take it away which one you want to talk about first and we'll talk about them briefly we do, yes. So uh, we'll briefly talk about um, in 2005, um, October 30th, 2005, uh, the Giants played the Redskins. This was the first game after Wellington Morrow's um, tragic death. The the Duke, um, his incompetent son, took over. The guy I just wrote a letter to. But uh, the Giants won 36 nothing. And what better way to send out your owner with a 
36 nothing thrashing of a divisional rival. And the Maras are always been keen on beating divisional rivals, so this was a great way. I won't talk about who was the star of the game. Um, you maybe could say oh, who boy. was the star of the game. So It's, it's crazy how every single game that you picked in two, two out of the four games that you picked the star of the game was this was this guy in particular however number OCU 21 you're OCU when you're did uh did have two sacks this game he I did say. he so, did he had a very yep that's very true uh well 2005 was that was you know that was the Giants went 11 and 5 they made the divisional round that was Eli's second year his first full year as a starter they made the playoffs um, won the division, but he was not a thrower. They ran the ball with um, that that running back, number 21. Um, you want to hear Eli's numbers? Yeah, oh, they're ugly. <laughs> and, I'll, and, I'll share, and I'll share Mark Brunel's number, too, uh, lefty Mark Brunel. Yeah, and then compare it he to today's this, day. Go ahead. Oh, my. Well, and this is also the second game that you're going to have here, too. I know, you I know, know, I know. High, high, I mean, not really, high-scoring game for the Giants, 30, you know, 36 nothing. But still, you just look at these numbers, and it's like, what? How how would even a team put up 36 points where Eli Manning only threw for 146 yards, 12 completions, 31 attempts? That's 4.7 yards per attempt. Mark Brunel, 11 completions, 28 attempts for 65 yards Crazy. with a nice 2.3 yards per attempt. You, you look at that, and... Snacks and I'll you know teams can win thirty six to nothing in today's game you know sh- sure rare shutouts are very, rare very very rare but teams can win thirty six to nothing but the time of possession was double Washington yeah. had twenty and the Giants virtually had forty minutes you yep. will rarely see that just because of how team even when you're up thirty six to nothing you're still throwing the ball at least once every three pass plays you would think. Correct. So that's ultimately going to change time of possession. So this is just so strange to see the box score of this game and how it played out. Uh, absolutely crazy. It was an it was an absolute beatdown. Um, back when the Giants played good defense and had a running game, um, just like there's a video we have here that I sent you and uh, Bob Papa calls. He goes, "They won just the way Wellington Mara loved his teams." Um, hard-nosed defense and a powerful running game. So yep. that's exactly what they did. October 30th, 2005, Giants 36, Washington Football Club 0. Um, honored the Duke in the right way. They sent them off right. So it was a good game. It was a good game. You know what's crazy also? I think what FD stands for. Now we're looking on the football database, which I don't typically look on box scores on the football database. I always look on pro football reference, but what they have here is FD. I'm guessing that stands for first downs. They're not telling me when I, when I go over the cursor, I would think so. Yes. But out of 24 attempts, number 21 had who will go nameless. Yep. 24 Never... attempts to go ahead. No, no, fuck him. Go ahead. Whoa. 24 attempts, 206 yards. He averaged eight and a half yards per carry, long of 59. I find it to be so strange that he he only rushed for four first downs in this game. Yeah, how many? What, hold on, why isn't out of 24 attempts? 24 attempts. FD. I'm guessing that stands for first downs, unless it stands for 
something else that would be listed in a simple box score. That's crazy. I average eight yards per carry, 24 attempts, but only four of them went for first downs. And that just lets you know it's so, and again, because it's so strange. I talk about on Talking Giants how rare it is that teams can just put together eight, nine, ten play drives consistently. You need to have a big play, like a, a play of 15 yards, 20 yards, that almost sparks a drive and gets you going, puts you in field goal range. And then you can sustain like little chunks here and there. It's so tough to sustain all that. And just to see how that's how this game went. And it's crazy. So the next game that you have actually goes by like a similar trend. The next game, right? Yeah, it's a similar trend. It except is similar. it's closer. Correct. Um, so uh, December 30th, 2006, the Giants went into Washington 7-8. and eight. And they needed to win. It was a win and in. They had to win to get into the playoffs at 8-8, eight and eight, which very well may win the division by three games this year in 2020. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, number, number 21 did it again. It was the same thing. The final score, 34-28 Giants. Well, time, for, time possession was in Washington's favor this game. By three right, minutes. but still, but still, Eli was yes. twelve for twenty six, hundred right. one he passing did nothing. yards, one hundred and one yards. Yes, he made he <laughs> four made yards no, per passing attempt. No, no turnovers, no turnovers, and um, number twenty one went for another two hundred some yards. So that's yeah, unbelievable. He had two runs of fifty five yards. Ridiculous. So let and me he, ask you a he question. Quit, he quit after this year. By the way, he quit. That that's exactly what I was going to ask you about. W- going into this game, there was an obvious understanding that they needed to win, but it was also known that Barber was going to retire. So, did this game have a weird vibe about? Oh, you know, we obviously need to win, but we also like want to remember Tiki just in case this is his last game. What was the vibe watching this game? Because usually, you know, winner you're in look at 2011 has this vibe of like, you know, we're going to the playoffs and, you know, so how, what was the feeling of like this game as you were watching? I could tell you, I was, um, I was about 13 years old. And if anybody that's listened to this before knows Tiki Barber is somebody I used to worship back in the day. And um, it was very sad because I knew it was either, this was his last game. We'll go to the playoffs either way. So it was, it was whatever, and watching him run wild was was amazing. I was on the edge of my seat, though. I actually, I think that's where I I I, I started standing up for games. I don't sit for games ever. I stand in front of my TV. One, I can't see. Um, two, I just need to be right in the action. So I stood in front of my TV that whole game, just watching Tiki, and just being in awe of Tiki. And I just mentioned his name twice. So that's how you know I'm getting a little bit emotional. And to see what he did was amazing. And to get us into the playoffs that way was even better. So that's all well and good. But he's a quitting scumbag cocksucker, and I'll never forgive him. Sorry. It's all right. So the next game, we're jumping yes. 10, 11 years in the future. We are, yes. Uh, about 10 years, because it's, I guess, 10 years then during the season. So um, New Year's Day. New Year's Day, 2017. Um, the last time the Giants were in the playoffs with Ben McAdoo, first-year head coach, and $600 billion invested into the defense. They uh, <laughs> <laughs> they 
The Giants were already locked into a playoff spot, and they went into Washington. The Redskins win, and they're in. The Giants had no reason to play. They were already playing on the road. They knew their opponent, everything. There was nothing to be decided for. So Ben McAdoo pulls a page out of Tom Coughlin's playbook and decides to play his guys. Do not compare that. I ain't comparing it. How dare you? Do you think, Justin, (sighs) do you think I would do that? It's still so crazy that you look at that team and, and and the depth wasn't great because they just put so much money on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, Snacks, they scored one offensive touchdown. I know the score was 19 to 10. They scored one offensive touchdown. They put together one one good drive. It was pathetic. And that was the season. That was the stat, that was literally how he won 11 games in oh, 2016. Yeah. And and a slant to the to number 13. That was it. The whole year. Yeah. Well, it was either maybe defensive touchdowns, uh, special or teams a slant touchdowns, to that guy. or or I mean the slant to I mean this game against Washington, they actually did put together one drive, and then that was oh, it. Oh wow, wow, one drive at a fucking eight hundred, so that's good. But anyway, the Redskins win and they're in. Kirk Cousins at the helm for the Redskins, and he was an atrocity. He was an atrocity. And what does he do? The last play of the game. Throws an interception at DRC, who, which, by the way, is one of my, not my favorite Giants ever, but one of the low-key better signings of Jerry Reese's tenure. DRC was a good ball player for us. Good ball player. Yeah, and in a way, our our problems at slot corner derive from, from his, letting him walk. Yep. Uh-huh. Or cutting him. Or just great cutting point. him, yeah. That's a great point. Why cut him? Why? Anyway, um... So we knocked we knocked uh, Washington out in a meaningless game for us. So we went eleven and five, um, and that was great. We just made Kirk Cousins look awful, which he is. He's atrocious. He'll never win a big game in his life. Um, it's like me if you know you know what Kirk Cousins if Kirk Cousins ever wins a big game, Justin, you know I have red hair, right? You do. If Kirk Cousins ever wins a big game. I promise you, I'm going to go to sleep that night and I'll wake up with pitch black hair. Mm. That's how rare it's going to be. That's how impossible it's going to be. That man is an atrocity. He's a pussy. He will never do anything for the remainder of his career. He's going to be a stagnant, average quarterback forever. Say it with me. Forever. Ver. Except I don't believe it because I think Kirk Cousins is decent. You're a fucking idiot. Anyway, anyway, 1910 Giants on uh, New Year's Day 2017 when we already clinched. We knocked Washington out. And let's get to the last one, Justin. This is probably your favorite one, so maybe you want to take it away. I was there. You were there. That's right. You tried to get me to go to that game. Mm-hmm. David and I went. Did I go? No, you did not. Who was the smartest man in the world? I mean, it was it was a fun time. I hated it because I hated that we won, but I would have been more fine if we just blew him out because it was 28 to 14 at halftime. Um yeah, it was 28 to 14 at halftime and then they started to come back in the fourth quarter. They scored 14 points unanswered in the fourth quarter and the Giants just had a collapse. Surprise surprise surprise. 
They didn't know. They didn't know how. I mean, they they practically played better when they were down by two touchdowns, trying to come back in the second half than they did with the lead. I guess, which that was like the one time besides yeah, typical. Pat that was the it was the one time besides the first Washington game, which they actually had a lead. But why I liked how you picked this game is well, this isn't this isn't Giants history. This just happened. But in a way, it, it, you're right. It, but no, in a way, it is one of the most relevant games to look at when it comes to the 2020 Giants and Correct. looking at That's what why I picked it and looking at what Daniel Jones did this game, looking at how Caden Smith was used, looking at how Barkley was used. Sterling Shepard caught that uh, a beautiful 23 yard pass from Daniel Jones um, mm-hmm. to Shepard, who ran like a little wheel route. He ran the same thing in Green Bay and it worked. Um so just seeing how Daniel Jones threw the ball downfield and he was aggressive and he saw the field, it was just awesome, awesome to see. And it is almost like we are watching an entirely different quarterback this year. And it's not because Daniel Jones is going through an Eli Manning change of just changing himself as a quarterback. It's because Jason Garrett is coming in here and he is forcing him to change, which is wrong. And this is the game that you look at to say, no, Daniel Jones can do it. And I don't care if it's against Washington. Washington doesn't. Washington has a solid defense. He there did it. Have. He did it. So. He did do it. And he's done, he's done it numerous times in the past, too. So everybody that's that's on their, 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 their high horse dick riding about Trevor Lawrence, and I, I Justin, I refuse to get into this on Giants, but I, I know this is like the biggest thing going now in the 2020 year. Get off it. Let the man play out the year. We'll see what happens at the end of the year, okay? It's not that big of a concept. What Daniel Jones did against the Redskins, the the Washington Football Club, on December 22nd, 2019, is exactly the guy we know who he could be, okay? Like, yes, we lost out on Chase Young. Whatever, whatever. Giants fans praying for losses is, is so... It's uh, what's the word I'm looking for without being really disrespectful, Justin. Asinine. Asinine. That's a great word. It's it was asinine. Asinine. And now, you know, whatever the case may be, we have to believe in our young quarterback. We have to believe in the offensive line taking a step forward, which it doesn't look like it will. But in due time, we should pray that it does. I think it will. I think the line. I think, I think it will too. There was no off season. There was no training camp. It's a new system. It's a new scheme. You got two new start, three new starters on the offensive line. It's going to take a minute. Yeah, Nick Gates it. is looking pretty decent, and I think the line as a group has the potential to be the group that improves the most because that's just what happens to offensive linemen over time. But unlike Nate Solder, there are things that are coming out about Andrew Thomas, which they know what they have to work on with Andrew Thomas. They know the exact things that he wasn't doing in college that he now is being forced to do in the NFL. And they are aware of it and they're working on it. So it's not like with flowers, you know, we never heard things coming out of flowers about, Oh, they're working with flowers on this exact technique. And like, we know, we know what he does well. We know what he's weak on, you know? And then Nate Solder, the guy was just too horrible and too old for you to really substantially change anything. So you have to have hope in that. Hernandez has looked really good as a puller these last few weeks. Uh, Garrett has been pulling Zeitler and Hernandez to both sides. They've been doing like the trap counter stuff. Gates has looked solid and Cam Fleming is just going to be Cam Fleming and we have to accept that. 
So um, the line is going to, I have out of all, this includes the secondary defensive line, wide receiver, quarterback, everything. I have the most faith in the offensive line, like turning around. And there you go. That's your, that's your 2020, that's your 2020 Giants. That's your, that's that's your quick 2020, Justin, Justin outlook right there. But no, no, I I understand what you're saying and I I get it. And um, just to end off, we, we, uh, the Giants did beat the Redskins 41, 35 in overtime week 17 last year. And we wanted to point this out because we do know we have a quarterback under center that can get the job done. He can. So stop dick riding some goddamn college quarterback that looks like Ronnie Bass from Remember the Titans. I don't want to hear it. When it's week 15 and, and we're on 15, fine. Start talking about it then. Just not now. Just do us a favor, not now. And Caden Smith caught the game-winning pass in overtime against Landon Collins in coverage, which was very, very sweet to see. Sorry. No, don't apologize. I'm not going to apologize. Fuck him. Fuck everybody else. Fuck them all. The Giants all-time have 174 games played against the Washington Football Club. They have a whopping 102 win to 68 loss lead over them with four ties. That's about a 60% winning percentage. And they've outscored them in all their matchups total uh, by a total of 400 points. They've played each other twice in the playoffs, and they are tied one apiece. So hopefully we can change this Sunday and make it 103 wins and keep it at 68 losses. Snacks, uh, because you read your letter, Went a little long, but we're back. We're gonna try to, you know, po- poke out poke out an episode a week where we're just gonna be going through some games, going through some recent games, jogging the memory on some recent wins. And uh, snacks, why don't you uh, get us out of here? I'll get us out of here. Thank you guys for listening. It's very happy. It's very happy. We're very happy to be back. Um, I've been pushing for this for a while. Justin's a very busy man. As you know, he's the hardest working guy on Giants Twitter on, in the Giants community. So the fact that he took his time to do this and to get this episode out, very appreciative. Um, we used to sign off saying, Anthony, uh, God bless his soul. I know he saw all these games prior, so I'm sure he's happy we talked about him. Um, but thank you for always listening. Always. Not for like, a million months because Justin sucks, but we're happy. We're back. We're happy. You guys are back. We love yous. And um, I'm going to say it. We'll see you next week. Keep on bleeding blue. Peace.